With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the Consumer's Law Journal on ALRPRA Law Talk Radio. Today is Tuesday, October 26, 2010, and I'm your host, Nick Augustine. This show is produced by ALRPRA Incorporated, a national law practice management agency headquartered downtown Chicago, Illinois, and serving greater Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, and Washington, D.C. We help manage our clients' business so they can spend more time practicing law. Today's guest is Jim Thompson, who practiced law for 26 years before retiring, and after retiring, he founded the Midwest Consulting Group. That Midwest, the mission is to teach lawyers and other professionals the marketing skills they need to grow their practices. Obviously, with over 43,000 new lawyers graduating every year and a multitude of lawyers being laid off from law firms, there's a definite need for lawyers to learn how to market their services. Jim teaches a program called Get Clients Now, and this is what he's going to share with us this afternoon in context of a discussion on the attorney-client relationships, selection process, uh, et cetera. We'll get to a little more information on that uh, in a short minute. Uh, we want to tell you first that we have a great show this afternoon. We invite your call or questions either by email at info at ALRPRA, which again, I-N-F-O at A-L-R-P-R-A dot com, or by dialing in to area code 917-889-9732 and pressing option 1 to be placed in the caller queue. The telephone number again is 917-889-9732, option 1. All callers today will receive free admission to our upcoming event, Lawyers Avoiding Legal and Business Pitfalls in Social Media, the event to be held in Chicago at ALRPRA offices at 35 East Wacker Drive, uh, Wednesday, October 27th at from 5 to 7 p.m., uh, regular price of admission of $25 will be waived for any callers today. Uh, by way of disclaimer, we want to remind you that this is a general information program, and the advice shared on this show does not constitute legal advice. Results may vary based on facts and specific location, and communication with our attorney guests among guests and callers on this show does not give rise to attorney-client or other relationships. If you have further questions, you're always encouraged to consult with an attorney or professional in your area. All callers do remain confidential, and all rights to this broadcast are reserved by ALRPRA. <clears throat> now, briefly today, just to give you a way of outline, uh, Jim Thompson, who is a recurring guest on our, our show, is going to talk a little bit about his impressions from both sides of the law, from being in a, a, a trial attorney as well as being a civilian client uh, attorney in legal services. So first we'll, again, have uh, Jim's impressions from both sides. Uh, of those relationships. Secondly, Jim will talk a little bit about shopping for a good attorney and some useful tips for checklists uh, and considerations that those should look for when uh, hiring counsel. Third, we'll talk about setting, managing, and exceeding expectations, both from the perspective of the attorney and from the client. Fourth, we'll round out the show talking about managing costs and expenses uh, up front and throughout the case. So uh, we do, again, invite caller questions, 917-889-9732, if you want to chime in on attorney-client relationships. 
we look forward to your comments. Also, for those of you who do listen to the shows after the fact and are listening to broadcast links, you may always call in with your questions at a later show or also submit those questions by email, again, to info at ALRPRA.com. We always appreciate your questions uh, in programming content. So uh, enough about me. Jim, more about you. Tell us a little bit about your impressions on attorney-client relationships. Okay, Nick, thank you. I'm, I'm very pleased to be here. And uh, I guess when you and I talked about possibly doing this show, um, we, we talked about kind of a unique situation that I had, primarily having been a trial attorney uh, for about a little over 26 years. So I've seen a lot from the attorney standpoint, from the attorney side. And then also, obviously, even when I was practicing law, and quite frankly, for the last uh, eight or nine years that I've been um, had my company, Midwest Consulting Group, um, I've, I've used attorneys extensively, so I, I kind of have experience of sitting on, on both sides of the desk, if you will. What I really want to kind of primarily uh, touch on today is, is really from, an, from a client standpoint. I'm going to give you some of the uh, tips, if you will, or some of the things that attorneys might be looking at when they're I guess for lacking uh, of a better term, sizing up a potential client when somebody comes into their office and they're talking to them about the, the type of case and the fees and all the other things that, that go on in that kind of a relationship. But I really want to um, to, to, to focus on the, the client aspect of it. And, and really the first thing I want to talk about is really the relationship between an attorney and a client or a client and attorney. And, of course, we all know and we've all heard that anything an attorney hears and anything a client says, when there is, in fact, an attorney-client relationship, uh, that is total confidential. Uh, there's a confidential relationship that uh, cannot be broken. One thing you need to make sure when you're talking to an attorney from a client standpoint, and an attorney most likely will point this out to you, but when you're talking to an attorney, make sure that um, – he understands and you understand that, that you are in the attorney-client relationship. Usually that will be from the standpoint of accepting a retainer or something along those lines, but um, even when you're talking to an attorney without a formal retainer being done, um, that attorney is still bound by what uh, you say to them as far as an attorney-client relationship. Once you, But if you're calling, and I'll just give you an example, if you're calling an attorney over the phone and he gives you advice and you tell him something, and, he, and that basically would not constitute a, an attorney-client relationship. Having said that, um, what really matters, and I think this is, this is true from a client standpoint more than from an attorney standpoint, but one of the things, or, or maybe more than one thing that, that a client should look for, and what a client is looking for an attorney is, is the trust factor. Obviously, if you go and you're talking to an attorney, you want to feel comfortable and feel that you can trust that attorney, uh, that you can trust what that attorney says, and that's by way of confidence in, in that attorney mentioning things, telling you things, et cetera, et cetera. We'll get into that in more detail. I'm just trying to give you an overview. Um, one of the things I think is really important when I've gone and myself talked to attorneys is the ability to communicate with the attorney. And by this, I mean being comfortable, being comfortable in talking to, to the attorney, feeling that he is understanding what you're saying, feeling that the attorney is listening to you. 
if you don't have that kind of relationship up front, then my best advice is for you to shake hands with the attorney and find someone else because most cases um, where you're going to have this attorney-client relationship over the long haul of, of a case, um, you want to be able to feel comfortable with that attorney, feel comfortable in talking to the attorney. Uh, so if, if you don't have that up front, uh, my best advice is to just say, you know, thank you very much for your time and I'm, I'm going to move on. Um, what I'm going to say probably will be a little foreign, but, but when, you're, when you're talking to an attorney initially, and we're going to get into uh, some of the things you should look for when you're hiring an attorney, but this is just a general uh, thing that I've seen. When you're talking um, to an attorney and he's talking to you, you most likely will develop a gut feeling. Can I pinpoint exactly what that will be? Obviously not. But as you're talking to the attorney, if you're the client talking to the attorney, you're just going to get a good feeling or you're going to get a bad feeling. Uh, if you get that good feeling, then you pursue some things and you pursue some of the things we're talking about. If you, you kind of get a gut feeling right off the bat that, you know, maybe this attorney doesn't understand what I'm saying. Maybe he looks like he's too busy. Um, you just don't have a real good feeling there. Then, then possibly you should say, well, you know, um, I don't think this relationship would work out. And uh, you have every right to, to go find another attorney. One of the things I want to say, and a lot of people think that just because they go talk to an attorney, that that's the only person that they need to talk to and they don't need to check out other other attorneys who may or may not um, be uh, the type of an attorney they want. Sometimes you may uh, talk to an attorney, you may feel good, but you're not quite sure. You might want to go talk to another attorney um, and maybe you get the same type of feeling with the other attorney. That's, uh, that attorney's telling you pretty much the same thing. Uh, then you've got to make a choice of who you really feel comfortable with and which one you want to go with. Uh, if you go to one attorney and he gives you a, a certain set of uh, things or some, some advice and you go to another attorney and that other attorney is totally different, then you know you might want to seek the advice of a third attorney. It's kind of like shopping for doctors where you get a second opinion. Um, you may go talk to a doctor and I don't want to say it's not that you don't like what the doctor says and we'll talk a little bit more about that later but that you just don't feel comfortable and uh, you tell the doctor you would like a second opinion. If the attorney balks about you getting a second opinion, my gut feeling there would be that you don't want to have any further relationships with that attorney. If the attorney doesn't feel the advice that he gives you will stand up to what somebody else might say, then maybe that relationship should not be entered into and uh, you know, look for look for another attorney. It's the same thing with a doctor. Um, if a doctor says no, you don't need another opinion. My opinion's what it is, et cetera, et cetera. That's when I think you really need to kind of run the other way and, and go seek a, a second or or a third opinion, even. So uh, it, it's it's hard to really say, but just trust your gut. If you're sitting in with an attorney and you have a good feeling, continue the relationship and delve more into it. We're going to talk more about what you should look for, et cetera, et cetera, uh, as we pro progress in this call. But it's just the initial meeting with the attorney. You need to have a good feeling. I can't stress that more than, more than uh, anything else I'll probably say today. 
um, when you're talking to the, the attorney, feel comfortable. And so we're going to go on, but just, just keep that in the back of your mind. Um, something else that you, you may uh, want, to, want to keep in the back of your mind is uh, keeping an open mind. Sometimes you go into an attorney's office and you think you might have a case, and you very, very well might have a case, or you may not have a case. Now, that's why you go to an attorney, to find out what his advice is. And if an attorney tells you you don't have a case, um, I'm not sure I would stop right there. You might want to, again, get a second opinion, go talk to another attorney. And if, obviously, that other attorney has the same opinion, you don't have a case, um, so be it. And, um, you know, you may not have a case because the facts don't fit the law. Uh, maybe the statute of limitations have run. Or the attorney may say you've got a case but your pursuing that case may cost you more than it's worth. Attorneys need to be upfront and honest, and you need to be upfront with an attorney and be able to say, uh, okay, I want you to tell me your uh, gut feeling, if you will, about our chances of succeeding. And if the attorney uh, tells you, well, uh, you got a good case, but this is what it's probably going to cost, and it's an economic situation, and the attorney probably will say, I'll leave it up to your judgment uh, as to whether or not you want to proceed. But um, And sometimes you do. Sometimes people want to pursue cases just to make a point, and they're willing to spend a bunch of money, even though they, they know they may end up losing. And that's fine. As long as you know that up front, and the attorney mentions that or tells you up front that this might be the, um, might be the uh, outcome. Also, Sometimes an attorney may or may not know whether you have a case. And this may be a situation where the attorney tells you, well, I've listened to what you've told me, but I am going to have to do some research to find out what the law is in your particular area or in your particular situation. Um, and, and sometimes, and the reason attorneys have to do research is because the courts are always coming out with different cases and they're applying the law to a different set of facts, and you may or may not have uh, a situation, uh, again, that, that is, is worth going forward with once the attorney does that particular research. The other thing, an attorney may say, well, I'm going to have to investigate some of the facts. You may have a case where there's witnesses involved. Um, now, the attorney may say, well, I have to do research in your case or I have to do the investigation. I'm going to have to hire an investigator or I'm going to have to do the research. And this is what I am going to have to charge you to do this. Um, it's kind of like when you go to a doctor and you have a number of things wrong with you or a particular thing wrong with you, and the doctor says, well, I really don't know what's going on. I'm going to have to send you for this test and that test and, and, and a bunch of different tests. And that's so that doctor knows where um, or what is, is really causing your problem. And it's the same thing with an attorney. And, and again, an attorney most likely will charge you to do the research. He may charge you, or he probably will charge you to, to do any investigation if he has to hire investigators or whatever. And then when you come back into the office, he may say, as a result of my research, this is what I find that, you, again, you don't have a case or you do have a case, but it may be such that it's going to be so expensive to, to pursue. This happens a lot in medical malpractice cases. Somebody may have a medical malpractice case, 
But going forward with a, a medical malpractice case is a very expensive proposition. So the attorney may say, well, you may have a case, but it's, it's not going to be um, you know, economically feasible for you to go forward with it. Again, um, this is why you've, you've gone in and you sat down with the attorney, so the attorney can tell you kind of what your, your rights are or, or what your situation is going to be as far as, as, as your particular situation. Um, one thing I do want to say, and I will stress it now, and then I'll probably stress it again, one of the important things that, that you want to keep in mind is if you have a situation that you think you need to talk to an attorney about, go talk to an attorney. It's always best to talk to an attorney up front and find out whether or not um, you may have a liability in some, some way or you may have a case or you may have something that you uh, need to be doing. Uh, it's always better. Uh, the old ounce of prevention is, is, is certainly worth it. In this particular situation, you have to pay an attorney a few dollars rather than paying thousands and thousands of dollars later on. And I think this is particularly important where you have a contract to sign or something of that nature where um, you're signing a contract. And, of course, usually the people that are having you sign the contract have, you know, all kinds of law firms uh, retainer and prepared the contract. So you need to find out what your rights and liabilities are going to be under the contract before you sign it. And it's certainly well worth going in and spending a couple of hundred dollars to find out what that contract really says before um, there's a breach of contract and you're spending thousands of dollars to uh, to defend it. Um very good point, Jim. Um, um, so, so many good reasons to always call a professional, hire an attorney, get a few opinions, find someone who's got a humanistic approach, someone you get along with. Most of this seems such such very simple uh, pieces of advice, but are I guess sometimes often overlooked by people when they're in in a situation uh, where they're not not used to dealing. Uh, with some of these contracts, as you've explained, or other situations where they, they might not know of their rights. So it is very valuable to find an attorney and discuss things and go through the process of proper case evaluation, even if there's some expense and cost there. So those are really, I, I really appreciate that advice, Jim. And let's take a pause for our first sponsor break, and then we'll uh, go forward with some of the checklists. When you've decided you do need a good attorney, how do you shop for one? For those of you also who are just tuning in, you're listening to the Consumer's Law Journal on ALRPRA's Law Talk Radio, and our first sponsor is Nancy K. Ducharme. When you need the right legal services to advance your creativity, call the law office of Nancy K. Ducharme. Attorney Nancy K. Ducharme brings big law firm experience and reputation to her intellectual property law firm, serving national corporate clients in the areas of trademark, copyright, Internet law, and advertising law. You can find the law office of Nancy K. Ducharme by visiting nkdlaw.com and also by searching for the law office of Nancy K. Ducharme on Facebook. By clicking the like button on the law firm's business page, you'll receive periodic blog updates with recent developments in the rapidly changing field of intellectual property law. Now back to our talk with Attorney Jim Thompson talking about attorney and business, uh, attorney, attorney and client uh, relationships and the business of those relationships. Uh, we touched a little bit first on uh, both sides of attorney and client looking at uh, the engagement process. Uh, so now we're going to move and shift to our second segment where Jim's going to talk to us a little bit more about how to shop for a good attorney, what are 
some items that should be on your checklist of considerations and Jim's recommendation on the process. Go ahead, Jim. Okay, thanks, Nick. Uh, you know, once again, I want to just reiterate that uh, it's so important to seek legal help before you actually have a problem. So having said that and kind of segueing into how do you find a lawyer, well, generally most people will say you find a lawyer by talking to your friends, your relatives, uh, business associates, uh, maybe your pastor, um, and, and ask them for um, a referral who they might refer. Obviously, most lawyers um, uh, do business and, and get their clients by referral. I might get in trouble for saying this with some of my lawyer clients, but um, I would certainly suggest that you do not use the yellow pages or any of these TV ads or, or billboards that lawyers lawyers put up. Um, that's almost as a last resort. Ask your friends, your relatives, uh, people that you know, that you know and trust. Um, and I know sometimes it's hard, uh, for instance, um, if you're going through a divorce, it's hard to ask your friends if they know a good divorce attorney. But in that particular case, um, I would certainly suggest that you talk to, you know, a religious leader or a pastor or somebody like that. Um, and, and, you know, don't be, don't be ashamed to, to mention that you have problems because everybody is having problems in their lives, and it's certainly much better for you to get a referral from someone than to, you know, go and, and pick out a divorce lawyer or some other type of lawyer uh, in the yellow pages. So I would certainly um, not recommend that you do that. Um, when you do get the name of a lawyer, um, and again, I want to say, and I'll probably say this continually, don't be afraid to shop around. Just because you go in and talk to one lawyer doesn't mean that you're, you're stuck with that lawyer. But, but one of the things I, wa I, I want you to, and this is going to sound kind of strange, but when you call their office, I want you to see how that secretary or receptionist answers the phone and talks to you you will probably get a very good clue as to how you will be treated by the way a secretary or receptionist um, talks to you about your problem. Just keep that in the back of your mind. And, and I tell all my attorney clients that probably the most important person in their office is the first person somebody calling in has contact with. Because let's face it, most of the time, when somebody's calling a law office, they've got a problem, they're upset, uh, they're scared about calling in an attorney, there's this um, uh, fear that uh, uh, this attorney is going to look down on me, et cetera, et cetera. So basically, the first person you talk with, see how that person um, talks to you. And if they're friendly, and I'm not talking about overly friendly, but if you feel confident, that you feel comfortable talking to them, then that's a good sign that you want to talk further. Um, let's just assume that you've called the law office and you 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 got somebody who is very, very compassionate and, and very helpful. And the next thing you want to ask, basically, if, if, if that lawyer uh, handles your type of case. Uh, and the reason I say that, you may have gotten a referral for someone or from someone um, and the lawyer they gave you may not handle the type of case that you uh, are calling about. That happens sometimes, and that's just because people don't know all the ins and outs of the different things lawyers practice and the type of practice they have. And, and, and if you call and that lawyer does not handle the type of case that, that you're asking, um, 
you may do one or two things to say thank you very politely, or you may ask them, do they have somebody that they can refer you to? Because the more referrals you get, um, somebody took the time to refer you to that lawyer, so they must have thought highly of that lawyer. So, again, you're getting a referral maybe to another lawyer that he knows uh, that, that might be able to help you with your particular situation. But let's assume that you call and uh, you meet those two criteria, and they can help you. Um, you might want to ask what type of fee the lawyer charges. Um, and the reason I say this is because um, a lot of people have different expectations of, of what the lawyer is going to charge. And if it's within something that you feel is within your budget or reasonable, uh, certainly by all means you want to continue on. But, you know, if you call a lawyer and he says his fee is $750, secretary says his fee is $750 an hour, um, and there's some lawyers that do charge that and more, uh, you may want to think twice about whether you want to talk to that lawyer or not. And I say think twice because that may be something that you want to do, uh, but then again, you need to find out what you're getting yourself into right off, off the bat. Um, and then um, what you want to do, and I would certainly recommend this, is ask if you could come in for a consultation and ask if the lawyer charges for your initial consultation. Uh, this is my recommendation, and I know there's some lawyers out there, again, that will probably uh, hear this call and get upset with me when I say this, but I'm of the opinion that if a lawyer will not give you an initial free consultation, then maybe you need to look elsewhere. And the reason I say this is you need to go in and sit down in a lawyer's office to get a feel for that lawyer. Um, and if he won't give you that initial consultation for free, you may go in, and if the lawyer is, is going to charge you $250 an hour, you may walk into his office and sit down, and right off the bat, you know, you don't want to hire this guy, or he's not qualified, or or uh, whatever. You just don't feel comfortable, and you, you say, well, I'm, I'm going to go elsewhere. And the lawyer says, well, that's fine. Here's my, you know, here's my bill for $250. Most lawyers... Um, will we'll give you the initial free consultation. It may be a 15-minute consultation. It may be a half hour. It may even be an hour. One of the things I would do if you're talking to the lawyer and he says, you know, that he does not want to give you an initial consultation, I would take it one step further and say, well, what I'd like to do is come in and talk to you to find out whether I even want to hire you or not. And here's what I would like to do. If I come in, and you feel comfortable with me, and I feel comfortable with you as far as taking my case, then I have no problem paying a consultation fee with you if we go forward in the case. However, if I don't feel comfortable with you or it's something that you can't do or you don't feel comfortable with me and we decide that we're not going to go forward, then I don't want to pay a consultation fee. I've done that a couple of times, and it's worked out where you've gone in and you've talked to the attorney, and you're, you're honest up front saying, I want to get to know you. I, I am going to be entrusting, you know, maybe a large sum of money with you, and I want to sit down with you for a half hour, 45 minutes to get to know you, to take a look at your qualifications, to get a feel for even whether I want to, to hire you. So I would insist on a free consultation or as I just mentioned, the type of consultation where if he does or you do go forward, you, you can, um, you know, he can charge you for that consultation as part of his fee. 
but I, I would uh, certainly certainly get that initial consultation. Now let's assume that um, you, you, you've got the appointment set up with the attorney and you've got that free initial consultation. Here are some things I think before you even get into the qualification aspects. Um, when you get to the lawyer's office, take a look around. Uh, you know, just just kind of look around to see uh, what the office looks like. I mean, whether it's neat or whether there's files all over the place, whether the staff seems to know what they're doing, if they're running around. Um, you, you know, you get that general feeling of, okay, this is a well-run law office. Um, and if you don't get a good feeling, I would certainly say, you know, maybe this isn't the place for me to be. Uh, once you, you actually get in, you sit down and you talk to the lawyer, he's going to ask you, obviously, um, the facts of your case, what, what is going on. Um, and, you know, you have every right to um, ask him what the lawyer thinks and, and that type of thing in your case. And, and if you progress, again, you're going to be getting this, and I, I hate to use the term, but it's the only way I can really express it, this gut feeling as to whether or not uh, you want to go forward and have this, this lawyer represent you. Now, once you kind of get that feeling that, okay, I, I like this guy, now I want to really find out what experiences he had. Uh, in, in the type of case I've had. How many cases, if it's a trial situation, how many cases has he, he tried with regard to my particular situation? How successful has he been? I know we've all seen these ads on, on, on TV where the lawyers get out and say they've recovered millions of dollars, et cetera. And, and, and you know, I wouldn't go by that in the sense of, okay, well, if he's bragging, and I, I don't like that. But if a guy says, I've never lost a case, I'd say, you know what, I don't like you either because everybody who's tried cases has lost cases uh, and won cases they shouldn't have won probably. So uh, find out how successful he's been. And, and, he, and so he's telling you uh, maybe a story about a case like yours that he had and how, what he did and, and what the jury came back and did and what the amount was that he won or what the jury decided or whether if he was defending uh, the person, how the jury reacted, et cetera. But you can, again, get a feel for how he's going to, to handle your case. Um, one thing um, people don't seem to want to ask, and I think they need to ask it, is whether or not the lawyer has malpractice insurance. Um, uh, things go wrong in a case. A malpractice, a lawyer may make a mistake, he may screw up, um, and you certainly do not want to bear uh, the financial responsibility if the lawyer doesn't handle your case properly. So I think you should ask the lawyer if, if he does have malpractice insurance. I think that's a legitimate uh, uh, concern. Um, one thing that I think clients need to really uh, impress upon an attorney is they want to be informed of what's going on in their case. And I think it kind of, uh, how often are you going to, depending on the type of billing arrangement, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but you want to be billed on a regular basis. Um, you want to be informed uh, by virtue of copies of documents that the lawyer sends out or the lawyer gets. You want to be um, uh, kept informed of, uh, of the progress of your case. And I think you need to impress that upon the lawyer. And, and, that, and from a lawyer's standpoint, when I used to have clients that wanted that information, it made me feel good because I wanted clients to um, 
be invested, if you will. In their case, as an attorney, I was going to put my time and effort in their particular case, and I certainly wanted them to be a part of their case and be investing their time and effort in the case. So I think as a client, you, you need to ask that um, uh, of, of the attorney. Um, the other thing that, that's kind of interesting, and I don't know whether a lawyer will be uh, tell you how, how he'll answer, but ask him, you know, how... How long can you go uh, before uh, he'll return a phone call? And I think one of the biggest complaints that I hear and have heard is, from clients is that lawyers are terrible at returning their phone calls. There may be some good reasons for that, but I think you need to ask a lawyer on average, um, how long, if I call you this afternoon, when can I expect a phone call? And, and they may say, you know, yep. Go ahead. Jim, I just I just wanted to uh, just jump in and tell you that we need to pause for our second break. But first, uh, this is a really good part uh, opportunity to transition to our next segment, which we'll talk about setting, managing, and exceeding expectations between attorney and client. And I really uh, appreciate the comment that you're making about asking someone how long it will take to return a phone call because you are really working as, uh, as two you – know, there's a level of honesty in that interaction that if you can have that level of honesty with your attorney, likely other things will go well during representation. And, again, it's just a mutual respect factor that's so important. And as Jim has indicated, trust your gut feeling. Uh, if you don't, if you sense something's not right about the individual, it's not that they're not a good attorney. It's not that you're not a good viable client. It's that maybe your personalities clash. And, again, a lot of the attorney-client relationship is about the personalities and the match with the people. So, Jim, we'll get back to you in a second. We just want to pause for a second uh, commercial break and let people know that if you are just tuning in, you're listening to the Consumer's Law Journal on ALRPRA's Law Talk Radio. Our telephone number to dial in is area code 917-889-9732. Again, 917-889-9732, option one to be placed in the caller queue. Again, we want to remind you that we do have our ALRPRA-sponsored uh, panel of speakers tomorrow, Wednesday, October 27th, uh, from 5 to 7 p.m., located downtown at ALRPRA's offices in the boardroom, located at 35 East Wacker Drive in Chicago. We'll be presenting the panel titled Lawyers Avoiding Pitfalls in Legal legal and Business Pitfalls in Social Media. We have a panel of four speakers, uh, myself, Nick Augustine, as well as software uh, and technology attorney Mark Harris is going to be giving uh, legal updates. Mary Erlane will be talking about LinkedIn research and resources, and we all have Charla Russell of the PR Source talking about uh, crisis management and those policies that law firms are enacting. Uh, again, uh, avoiding the pitfalls in social media tomorrow, Wednesday, October 27th, 5 to 7 p.m. at ALRPRA, downtown Chicago, Illinois. Please uh, email info at ALRPRA.com in, in your subject heading, please, but avoiding pitfalls if you would like to register and attend that seminar, which will also be broadcast via webinar tomorrow. Next pause for our uh, second sponsor. It is our guest, Jim Thompson. If you want to get clients now, he's the guy that you should talk to. He's on our show today. 
Call in. Call in at 917-889-9732. Jim Thompson's program is called Get Clients Now, and he'll help you take the crucial steps towards increasing your firm's revenues. The Get Clients Now program employs various time-honored techniques to help you attract new business and encourage referrals. Jim is going to be and has been a recurring guest on our Lawyer's Toolbox show regarding attorney marketing. To learn more about Jim Thompson at the Midwest Consulting Group, please visit MidwestConsultants.net. And also, check out his testimonials on Facebook by searching Get Clients Now. ALRPRA strongly endorses the Get Clients Now program and understands the personal accountability component of this course. You can get in touch with Jim Thompson today by visiting MidwestConsultants.net. Now going back to our talk regarding the attorney-client relationship and different dynamics affecting that relationship, we want to recap that we first started out with our first segment talking a little bit about the impressions from both the attorney and the client side of the relationship. Then second, we talked about how to shop for a good attorney and went through a checklist of considerations and again talked about that good old gut check. Uh, now third, our third segment, we're going to talk about setting, managing, and exceeding expectations. Now, Jim, I believe that's something that happens on both ends, and I really liked our segue where you were talking about client asking attorney how often they do return phone calls and what they can expect. So when they know up front, they can expect that if the answer is that calls are returned within 48 hours due to emergencies, the client knows that. So let's keep going with that. Okay, let me kind of just back up just a little bit. And you brought up something that, that I think you, you need to really think about is when you hire an attorney, uh, that relationship should be as a team. And we're going to talk later on in the program about um, managing your fees and expenses, so we'll touch that. But, but when you actually get to the point where you feel comfortable and you want to go forward with that attorney, you want to, again, feel like you are a part of a team, that he's on your team, you're on his team. And, again, looking at it from the lawyer standpoint, as I, as I mentioned before, um, so many times I would get frustrated with some clients when I seemed to be working harder on their case than they were working on it, it would be like, oh, yeah, well, um, I'd ask them to bring in documents. I'd ask them to do certain things, and it was like, yeah, okay, we'll do that, and they don't seem to get around to it. So um, you are working as a team, so keep that in the back of your mind. Now, when you're setting and managing expectations, again, what Nick just said, you have a right to talk to an attorney in terms of what can I expect from you? How often are you going to keep in contact with me? How often should I call you? How often should I expect uh, certain things from you? Some cases, uh, some type of cases, you may be getting something from the attorney every week. Uh, in other types of cases, you may get something every two or three months, and you need to talk to the attorney in terms of what he will be forwarding to you and what you can expect from him aside from, from getting a monthly bill from the attorney. And having said that, um, you need to let the attorney know that you expect to be billed on a monthly basis. Um, there's a, and most attorneys will do that. I mean, most attorneys um, will bill you on a monthly basis because, uh, obviously, they've got expenses, et cetera, to meet. But I've seen situations where attorneys, for one reason or another, have not billed somebody for two or three months, and all of a sudden the attorney and the, and the client says, maybe he's not doing anything for me, I haven't heard from him, et cetera, et cetera. All of a sudden the uh, client will get a bill for two or $3,000, and that will cause all kinds of problems because, <clears throat> first of all, the client's going to wonder why I got billed, why didn't you bill me on a regular basis, and what are you billing me for? 
if the attorney bills on a regular basis, and I say regular monthly, um, you need to make sure that, and we're going to talk about maybe a little bit of this when we're talking about managing costs and expenses, some of this stuff uh, just by virtue of, of what we're doing and talking about it overlaps. But when you're talking about getting a bill, you need to make sure that you sit down and you go through that bill. And if you have any questions regarding what the attorney did or didn't do, um, you need to call the attorney and, and say, well, you know, uh, John, I see you billed me for two hours doing this, and, and I was just curious as to what, you know, you did in that two hours, or you billed me for this thing, or you billed me for going to court, um, and nothing really seemed to happen in court. Why did you bill me for that? Well, uh those are, are things that you need to ask the attorney. But if all of a sudden you get a bill three months later, um, you may have been in court with the attorney. You get a bill three months later. You don't remember what happened. The attorney may not remember what happened, and that creates uh, a, a conflict situation between the two of you, and you certainly don't want to do it because, uh, as I said, you want to be a team. Um, the, the the biggest thing I see happening, again, we'll talk about the fees and the type of fees, but one of the biggest things I see is when attorneys are billing on an hourly basis, again, uh, the client doesn't keep up with the bill. They may, the attorney may be billing on a regular basis, and sometimes your client just never looks at it. And three or four months later, the, the client gets upset because um, he hasn't looked at the bill and uh, he hasn't paid the, the attorney, whatever. And the attorney is calling him up and saying, "Hey, John, I, I haven't gotten um, the fee, or the uh, I haven't gotten your 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 check for the fees I sent you." And then all of a sudden, you go look at the bill, and then you're upset. He's upset you haven't paid, and then you got all kinds of problems. So make sure that you do look at the bill on a monthly basis. And if you're not getting billed, on a, make sure you you understand, I guess, how you're going to be billed with with that particular attorney. Um, I'm going to jump just a little bit ahead. Um, I'm talking about managing and cost. Um, when you talk to the attorney about fees, make sure there's an understanding between yourself and the attorney of how you're going to be charged. And when I say, um, are you going to be charged for copies? Are you going to be charged for secretary time? Uh, does the attorney have paralegals uh, in his office? And what are their billing rates? Obviously, there's a lot of work that can be done by paralegals. Paralegals, um, you know, on the whole, uh, get paid a heck of a lot less than the attorney's going to charge you. So how much of that work can be done by paralegals? Um, you also might ask, uh, are there other attorney associates in the office that will be working on my case, and what are their hourly rates, and how much are they going to be utilized? So uh, when, when you're talking about fees and you're talking about um, your expectations, that's something you really need to sit down and talk to an attorney about because the attorney's hourly rate may be $400 an hour, but he's got uh, two paralegals he's, he's billing out at $100 an hour. Well, if the paralegals are doing a lot of the work, you're not being charged at $400 an hour, which is something you really want to take into consideration when you hire an attorney. Um, now, as far as, as far as expectations... Please let the attorney know that you want to know up front, and I've said this before, what he expects 
the outcome of the case to be that you would like to, to get his gut feeling. Obviously, he may not be able to tell you. He may say, well, this may happen, this may not happen. And sometimes what happens is, as I said before, an attorney gets into a case and he does some research, he talks to witnesses, the witnesses you think are going to say one thing, he's done the investigation, calls you in and says, well, we talked to two or three of the witnesses and, you know, their story's in, in conflict with what you told us. So, um, again, and again, let me make that point. Be totally honest with your attorney. I forgot to say that, and I'm glad that I mentioned that. When you go in and talk to your attorney, Make sure that you tell the attorney everything that you can think about about your case and that you're totally honest. Um, I remember, and I'm just going to make this really short, a case where something happened, and I went back and I asked my client why he didn't tell me something, and we got, kind of got blown away by a witness, and I said, he just told me. I didn't think it was important. Everything you can think about, you need to let that attorney know. It could be things in your favor or it could be things that may be against you. Because even if there's things that are against you, um, there may be ways to counteract some of the testimony or some of the evidence or some of the things that may come in. And the attorney needs to know that beforehand before he kind of gets blindsided with it. So, again, with the expectations, make sure that um, everything that that attorney uh, make sure that the attorney knows everything you know about your case. Again, the good, the bad, and the ugly, because that is the only way that he can can really represent you. Um, Jim, I have a story on that. Okay. Um, Go ahead. It was <laughs> just I'm trying to remember some details. Back in law school, I remember working for a family law attorney, and he would take the client along in the car on the way to court. And we were headed to court for a pretrial conference. On um, something having to do, I think it was uh, child custody or placement, and the lawyer always asked the client and a few times. Just, you know, we were in the car and uh, had this ride to court thing because their office is really close. And he says, "What's the worst thing that the opposing party is going to say about you?" And and you know, because I need to know that. You know, what's the worst? Even if they make it up, you know, we always throw that in there, even if they're making it up. What are they going to say about it? What is the worst that they're going to throw so we know how to deflect that? And this one uh, instance, the the attorney got a whole litany of uh, rants that uh, they had no idea were essentially going in blindsided. And um, I think that the hearing ended up being continued, uh, didn't go ahead as, as scheduled, and it would have been a really bad thing. So, anyways, it's, uh, the attorney in that instance was just shocked because um, he had, the attorney did not ask certain things and certain questions that were so uh, off in uh, left field. Uh, never would have occurred uh, some of these uh, issues, uh, you know. So, it's, it's a very true point, and I've been there, and it's just a funny story. So, um, Jim, did you have any final uh, thoughts on the setting and managing expectations before we move to a break for our fourth segment? Well, well, just one other thing, and you kind of brought that uh, to, to the forefront, is um, don't let your attorney Jimmy be Schiller? shocked. Don't let him, don't let him, your oh, attorney sorry. be shocked. Don't, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just telling the story about the, the attorney shocked by the uh, information. I just wanted to know if you had any final thoughts on setting and managing expectations. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead uh, into your break, and then we'll come back and we'll pick it up with the, uh, the setting fees or managing costs and expenses. 
All right, sounds good. For those of you out there who are just tuning in and just click to listen, you are listening to the Consumers uh, the Consumers Law Journal on the ALRPRA's Law Talk Radio, uh, where our guest is Attorney Jim Thompson. He's a retired attorney talking about attorney-client relationships. We talked a little bit about the perspective of the attorney-client relationship in our first segment, then touched upon uh, a few things about how to shop for and some of the categories that, and the things that you should look for when shopping for an attorney. And then in our third segment, we talked about the setting and managing the expectations between attorney and client, the honesty factor, uh, and so forth. So uh, for our final uh, round of discussion today, we'll be shortly talking about attorney-client fees and costs and managing those. Again, anyone who does want to call in, the telephone number 917-889-9732, option one. Our third sponsor for the day is credit damage expert George Finder. He's an expert, and he can put a dollar amount on damage to credit reputation. George Finder is one of the only credit damage experts in the country, and attorneys and plaintiffs who retained his services have earned huge damage awards in various practice areas, such as personal injury, employment law, family, and general civil litigation. By learning to incorporate credit damage questions into your intake process, you and your staff will learn how to spot credit damage events worthy of retaining expert George Finder's credit damage analysis services. Also, right now, any of the listeners out there who contact George Finder and tell them that they heard about him on ALRPRA's Law Talk Radio will receive, free of charge, one hour of CLE presentation. So go grab a pen and take down this email address to respond to this special offer. The email address is creditdamageassociates at gmx.com. Again, creditdamageassociates, plural, at gmx.com. Available nationwide, Credit Damage Experts George Finder's website is full of resources, and you can find that website at www.creditdamageexpert.com to learn more about George Finder and his expert services. Again, reminder for call-ins, 917-889-9732, option one. Now back to our guest, Jim Thompson. Jim, let's finish up today with something we all love to talk about, the attorney's fees and costs and expenses and the expectations. Take it away. Okay. Okay. Uh, believe it or not, a lot of attorneys, I say a lot of attorneys, are not out there to um, – just, just gather in fees, and I think if you are honest with the attorney up front and ask them, and I'm going to point out a few things that you might be able to do to reduce some of your fees, is ask them what you can do to, to keep your fees down. One of the things I've already mentioned is to talk to the attorney about using paralegals or using secretaries or, or others to, to do some of the work. One of the things that you can do is to make sure that when you, are you still there? Hello? I am. Go ahead. Okay. All right. I just got a kind of a beeping sound. Anyway, okay. uh, one of the things you can, well, that's okay. One of the things that you can do is when you come in to talk to that attorney, make sure that you have your questions or your thoughts written down. Uh, if that attorney is billing by the hour and you keep on going and going and you don't get to the point, you're just building up you know, hourly, uh, hourly uh, fees. So have have what you're going to talk to the attorney about written down. Um, most attorneys, depending on the type of case it is, will give you a, uh, a questionnaire or a fact-finding thing of, of who the witnesses are, what the witnesses are going to say, things of that nature. Make sure that you complete that. 
give that to the attorney. That'll help them in looking at, you know, how to, to go forward in your case. Um, one of the things that you might want to ask the attorney straight up is, is there a way to resolve uh, my case or my situation without going to court or without incurring a bunch of attorney's fees? One of the things an attorney may tell you is you may be able to take that your type of case to a small claims court. Um, or there might be a, a mediation situation, or there might be an arbitration situation. So make sure you ask the attorney um, ways that you could resolve your case without actually incurring, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars of attorney's fees. Uh, some some of the things that you can do, the attorney might, depending on, on you know your level of of, of uh, knowledge on certain things and knowledge on certain fields. Uh, the attorney might ask you to get actively involved in going out and talking to witnesses or going out and researching information. One of the great things that, that people have right now is the ability to go online, to go on the Internet, and do a lot of research themselves as far as uh, you know the law and certain aspects, the things that they should look for, the things that, that are important in a case, and go ahead and research those things so that you're not paying an attorney to do that. Uh, but make sure that you ask the attorney when you're talking to them in your initial uh, consultation before you retain the attorney or even after you retain the attorney um, uh, how you can, can keep your costs down. The, the Most attorneys, quite frankly, will be more than willing to try and assist you. Um, most attorneys know that, that Somebody comes to them, and uh, you know they don't have the two, three, four, fifteen thousand dollars to pay. So an attorney is definitely going to try to help you reduce your costs, especially an attorney that that has a lot of business, because he would rather be working on another case while you're doing some of the legwork or some of the things that you could do yourself, and he's off. Um, uh, doing other things uh, for another client while you're out gathering information, you come back to the attorney's office and uh, he's happy to sit down with you for a half hour rather than taking an hour and a half or two hours to go through a bunch of things. So uh, make sure the best advice I can give you is to ask that attorney every step of the way what you can do to help him uh, go forward in your case. Um, if it's as simple as finding out the names and addresses of witnesses, you could do that. If it's finding out their telephone numbers, if it's maybe going out and talking to the witness yourself. Now, make sure uh, that if you're going to go out and talk to the witness, you do that with the attorney's approval. Some attorneys um, will not want you to do that for a number of different reasons, and in some cases it may be even illegal to do that. But uh, make sure you ask the attorney, can I go out and, and gather this information? Can I talk to some of the witnesses myself? Can I get their written statements? Um, all of these things. Here's something else you want to think about. Um, and I know this is going to sound like, well, what are you really talking about? Avoid calling the attorney all the time. Um, there are certain, I had certain clients I could tell you that would call every day to find out what's going on in their case. You know, and finally, um, I, I had to tell some of the clients that I had that would do that, that, you know, you, you're welcome to call, but every time you call me, it's costing you money. And, uh, you know, they pretty, pretty well, once you send them that bill with, you know, five hours of telephone calls, uh, and they go, well, how come you charge me for these telephone calls? And it's like, because, 
you know, I told you, don't call me, I'll call you type thing. Now, I'm not telling you don't call the attorney if you see, think something's important. But, you know, please try to do it judiciously. A lot of times you can call the secretary and get information. A lot of times you can call the paralegal and get information. So don't feel like you've got to talk to the attorney directly all the time. Um, and again, um, there are certain ways of resolving cases. Small claims court, that might be a, a good way. Uh, and again, uh, one of the things that, that you, you really want to talk about is, is different types of fees that you could work with the attorney. Sometimes the attorney works on a straight fixed fee, an hourly fee, sometimes a contingency fee with some hourly uh, in there. Make sure at your initial consultation you talk to the attorney about the ways that you can keep your fees within a reasonable amount. Um, I don't know whether that, do you have anything to add, Nick, to, to that, to, to, uh, something that you might have seen that might help uh, folks keep their fees down? Well, um, organization is a big thing, especially with discovery. Uh, I know that a lot of my attorney clients, I've heard them several times commenting about uh, their you know, favorite clients who bring in things in a binder that's already organized in date order and such because, again, a lot of the, the resources of the law firm are just going through a lot of the discovery and determining um, you know, what, what issues still re remain that need more digging and more work, et cetera. And the better organized your things, you know, materials are for the attorney, it's easier for the attorney to, uh, to run the case and make decisions uh, and, and do things that can help. I know mean, that's just been uh, something that's been really helpful when the client has all the information put together well. Yeah, and, and you'll, you'll also uh, endear yourself to the attorney if you walk into his office and you've got a binder with, you know, tabbed and, and labeled and everything else. He's going to sit down and go, man, this is a client I really want to work with because this client has it together. They're concerned about their case. Now, obviously, some people can't do that, but if you can do that, uh, that goes a long way as far as how an attorney will look at and, and trust me, we're human. That, that, that'll go a long way on how that attorney will look at you, will look at how you value your case, that you're really serious about what you're doing. Um, it's an intangible, but if, if you come into an office, into my office, and sat down with a, a folder with everything tabbed and all set up, I'm going, oh, my gosh, irrespective of the amount of time <laughs> I spend with you, it's, it, it's absolutely incredible, and I'm going, Man, I love this client. Then you get the other client who's right. in and has got a folder full of, you know, like the account gets a folder full of receipts at the day before taxes are due. Yep. You know, you're pulling your hair out. So, you know. I've but, been there. I've been know, there on I the. Hope... Go ahead. I was just going to say there, I've been there on both ends of the table. I've been there. I've been the one uh, going through the, the bag full of uh, receipts at the law firm and been the person sending the bag of receipts to the accountant. So <laughs> I've, I've been on both sides. It, it is. Again, and one just comment I'd like to make before we finish up because we're running low on time is that I, I don't think, and Jim, I'll ask you to comment on this, I don't think that most attorneys really want to bill their client for some of the uh, work in, uh, you know, case preparation and all the, the work, actual work that goes on in managing documents and discovery, um, I think they'd prefer to bill their client for actual time of negotiating, researching, doing more uh, academic, lawyerly, I'll say, uh, type activities. However, uh, if the, the firm needs to spend their resources and time on, on organizing the uh, discovery, the client attenders that's in a mess, they have to bill for that time. So 
Uh, but I think that most attorneys are happier and prefer billing for things that are, uh, you know, more along the lines of negotiating and counseling. What are your comments on that, Jim? I, I think you are absolutely entirely right. I think most attorneys would rather be doing the lawyerly things that we do um, as opposed to doing the clerical or ministerial things that our clients sometimes force us to do. Uh, I would much rather be um, out trying a case or would much rather be trying a case rather than sitting in my office going through a bunch of documents that the client just dropped on my lap. I I detested that. I, I was much, much uh, happier and, and loved my clients. Like I said, they came in with the um, with the folders, all, everything in place, and they could show me what we needed to go to. We go go right to it. I could go and, and do my lawyerly thing, if you will, and move on and help another client from the from my lawyerly stuff rather than doing the the clerical ministerial stuff that the clients should be doing. And I don't want to say exactly. that there are some clients that, that can't do that. But what's frustrating is when you do have clients that have the ability to do stuff like that and. They just dump stuff on your lap and say, here, I'm paying you. No, if that's what you want, fine, but it's no fun for me, believe me. Well, Jim, you know, it's very, you know, a lot of the things that we touched on today are really show, and I'm glad that we did this show because you uh, painted a very nice picture that shows both sides of the the coin and both uh, sides of the table where the attorney or the client may be sitting and how important it is to set expectations up front to understand the work that each other uh, needs to do and how it really is a two-way street and how the attorney needs the client to help the attorney help the client. So, Jim, thank you again for being on the show today. We appreciate the input and the uh, the great talk on the attorney-client relationship. Well, thank you, Nick. And if anybody listening uh, has any questions, they can, you know, uh, send them to you, and then you can forward them on to me, and I'd certainly be glad to try to answer them the best of my ability. All right, very good. All right, thank you again, Jim, and thank you also to our listeners for tuning into the Consumer's Law Journal on ALRPRA's Law Talk Radio. We'd also like to thank today's sponsors. We had, number one, the Intellectual Property Law Office of Nancy K. Ducharme. Secondly, Jim Thompson of Midwest Consulting Group. And third, credit damage expert George Finder. Again, by way of disclaimer, this is a general information program, and the advice shared on the show does not constitute legal advice. Results may vary and are based on specific facts and location. Communication with our attorney guests among guests and callers on the show does not give rise to an attorney-client relationship. If you have further questions, you are always encouraged to consult with an attorney and or other professional in your area. Finally, all callers do remain confidential and all rights to this broadcast are reserved by ALRPRA Incorporated. These Law Talk Radio broadcasts are programmed to bring our attorney and non-attorney audience the tip to tips, tools, and practice area information that they can be used to be better informed practitioners and consumers of legal services. With guests located nationwide and listeners also located nationwide, we appreciate the opportunity to use this socially networked radio program to bring people together and share collective intelligence. This is Nick, Nick Augustine for ALRPRA Incorporated, and again, we thank you for your time. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.